So I think it depends on the severity and the urgency for what you're trying to fix. But if you're too much like someone else, then you can't actually help them. And so you want to have a little bit of an edge, a little bit of different from the people you're serving and really show up as a service provider and not so much like as a friend. Welcome to the More Clients, Less Effort podcast, where we provide expert insights and strategies to turbocharge your business growth. I'm your host, Tim Hyde, and in this series, we'll unpack the secrets, proven systems, and the sales and marketing strategies used by successful business owners to attract, convert, and keep A-class clients on autopilot. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur looking to scale your customer acquisition or a budding startup owner looking to crack the code on attracting the right clients, you've come to the right place. Join us on this journey to building a thriving business that leaves a lasting impact. Now let's get started. So what's so interesting about what you're saying, Tim, is about like marketers missing the obvious next step or a way to really build a relationship. <laughs> Or, or set their sales team up with with conversations and clients is so many people are designing their sales systems and their processes from a place of fear or insecurity and from like a lack of knowledge, right? And blind spots like you were talking about. So like if there's something going on in your mindset where you're, you're afraid of sales or are avoidant of sales, you're going to design systems and processes that prevents you from actually like connecting with people in the most direct way because some of those people are going to reject you, right? Some people just aren't going to want your chocolate ice cream or your strawberry ice cream. They just don't like ice cream. They're not, they're not ice cream. They're not dairy people, right? And so there's a real opportunity for building your sales systems and processes and your sales teams from a place of cause and effect and knowing strategy and what actually works for your market and for your offer. And people are afraid of rejection. And so we don't ask the question in the first place. Yeah, for sure. So the other thing I see, you know, when we look at both marketing and sales, right? The fact that we're calling the marketing sales. And as soon as we get into corporate, there's a marketing department and that's a sales department, right? And, and never the twain shall meet. And I've seen organizations who use completely different CRM systems. Mm-hmm. For marketing and sales, and those systems yeah. talk to each other either, is that we design our marketing and sales activities in isolation of each other. So they're siloed, and yet the customer journey is not siloed. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got some great content, right? And people are engaging with my content, but they're doing nothing to engage and encourage the people who are engaging with me to take the next step. I just assume that they know. Right. And the thing is, if we just assume that our customers know what the next step is, it'd be like running a sales meeting and going, okay, so you love it. And then like just leaving the air silent and then like, and they don't know the game you're trying to play. They've never played this game before. And like, yeah. like no, I do now. Do I, do I need to give you my credit card or? <laughs> yeah. What, what happens? I'm confused. What happens next? Right. You know, and imagine sort of taking someone's money and go, okay, thanks for your money. Right. You're welcome. You're kind of like. You know, it's just assuming that they know what's going to happen out after that. Yeah. The credits, right? You, you know, a mature sales process says, now that we've taken your money, this is what's going to happen, right? You know, we're going to, I'm going to hand you over to Jenny. Jenny's going to be your account manager and she's going to take you through this. You know, hey, look, what about when I do this? Why don't I facilitate a meeting with Jenny? We'll get together and we'll talk about next steps. Yeah. And, it's, and the customers now, you know, as they've come on board going, I feel safe. I've made the right decision, right? I, I feel like I'm taken care of. 
because they're at this emotive state that's now gone, did I make the right decision? You know, they need validation and reassurance at that stage because they're feeling it, you know, whilst previously, you know, before the sales call, they were feeling hopeful that finally they'd found the right person. As soon as they've made this, you know, taken their money, they're now back in a state of, of emotive fear. You know why that happens, Tim? That the reason that happens is because any investment in yourself requires change and growth. And humans don't seek for change and growth. We seek for stability in what we know already. So while a good salesperson can help you get clear on the fact that you want to grow and help you step through that initial fear, as soon as they're out of the picture, if there isn't, if that person isn't well cared for, their subconscious mind and their mindset will come in and it'll make start making you wrong for wanting to change and grow and to help you slip out of the the decision, right? And that's why like people have things like buyer's remorse, right? And so a good sales organization or a good, not necessarily a sales organization, but just a good business understands that and they help walk that buyer through that change. And the salesperson will go, yeah, I'm going to introduce you to Jenny, but I'll also reach back out in a week or two to see how things are going for you. And a real good salesperson will reach back out some way through the project, a really tight sales organization to go, hey, how did, you know, what worked, what didn't, ask for a referral, ask for a testimonial, see how they can sell more goods to that, that yeah, client. Have that's that's stuff that you're, that you're doing around, awesome. Around systemizing that, right? Because we know that not all yeah. sales some people have it inherently they'll go i need to sort of make a note i've got to go back to that person and check in and stuff like that right they've got a system the thing that we see the more that we systemize that using our crm using marketing automation tech to kind of go no i need to do that as an organization this is the way we now approach our clients the more likely they are to actually then go i don't care whether we've got a good salesperson or shit salesperson my system's now telling them what to do and what to say and then do it Right, or it's even better. It's actually doing it on their behalf. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> right? and, then, and then it's just happening regardless of whether they've got it right. And it, the, the thing that I find with organisations and you know, across the board that your competition is creating such a low bar mm-hmm. that it's very easy for you to jump over that and suddenly see the standout organisation in your industry sector, in your markets and market segment. To go well, fuck you, way better than everybody else, right? Well, you speak, it doesn't, it doesn't need, you need you don't need to be to be actually way better. You just need to be have the perception of better because you're doing something that other people aren't doing. Yeah, well, you see that all the time. I mean, you don't have to even be that much better to stand out, and you see that all the time on social media, you know, or on LinkedIn for especially for like B two B services businesses. Like they'll say they're inundated, like. You have buyers being like, oh, LinkedIn is shit. Like I get so many, you know, pitches. It's just constant pitches. And then you have other, you have sellers being like, oh, LinkedIn shit. There's just too much noise. Like I get lost. I, you know, I get drowned out in the the sea of noise that is out there. And it's like, it is so easy to, to book a conversation off LinkedIn. It's so easy to like, call someone up on the phone and schedule a conversation. It's so easy to cut through like email. It's just because it's like, if you're just authentic and you're clear about who your people are and what your offer is, you it's yeah. just like, you can spend 
you know, a very, very short amount of time and outperform sales teams with dozens of people on them who are spending days and days just trying to like hours and hours trying to like make sales because there's so it's just so many, much noise out there. So I think you're really I think you're really onto something there, Tim. Like it's yeah. super easy to stand well, out, and, you know, especially back. if you have systems in place to support you. Yeah, it comes back to some fundamentals. I mean, I just attended a BNI meeting, and I and we had the sort of Australian, you know, Australian owner of BNI sort of yeah. come across, and he, you know, he got me the his education section, like you know, that BNI does, and he was talking about relationships and how important relationships are, right? And there's 15, you know, he's going, there's just some, there's some fundamentals and this is why BNI works, right? BNI works on the fundamentals of build relationships with people that you see often. Okay. And, and build reciprocity with those people. So, you know, we look at that at marketing the same, whether it be, you know, digital marketing is not much different than face-to-face stuff, right? We connect with the right people, right? There's no point in me pitching to kindergarten kids all day long because it's going to be a very, very long sales cycle. <laughs> very long. Right? deepen the relationship with them by, you know, offering value, having genuine conversations and connections, right? Adding value. And, and we could be just be adding value by commenting on someone else's stuff or sharing their content, right? And say, hey, I saw this from Chris. It's fucking awesome. You guys should check this shit out because you know, what he's speaking about, you know, really resonated with me and I'm sure it's going to resonate with you. Blah, 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 blah. And then... You know, go, hey, you know, how can we work together? And then ask the question. And then we pivot and go, hey, because we're going to go back to, we'll, we'll always go back to people who we know, like, and trust. We don't buy from people if we don't have one of those three, you know, all of those three. If I don't know you, I can't buy from you, right? If I don't trust you, but I like you and I know who you are, fantastic company at the pub, right? We'll bring beers together all day long, but we're never going to do any work together, right? If I trust you and know who you are, but I don't, you know, I don't like you. Well, that's great. <laughs> and you might be the best person in the world at what you do, but I don't like you, so I'm going to buy from somebody. Yeah. Right? We need that. We need those and three of those things, right? And that can only be built, you know, through how we do and how we appear, you know, to our prospects in the market. And it doesn't matter whether you're an e-commerce, doesn't matter whether agribusiness, sex worker, a flight school, a solar panel company, an accountant, lawyer, whatever. All right? Just because we can solve someone's problem doesn't mean they want us to solve it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, you might not be their people. Might not be their people. Right. You know, and, and we need to, you know, we only discover that through, are we a good fit? You know, mm-hmm. Get to the point, you're going to say, hey, are we a good fit to actually work together? Because again, not everyone's a good fit, right? We don't want every single client. I'm happy to, it's my worst client, so, you know, to my competition. I should refer them. <laughs> well, I think it's really funny. Like I have, I have people all the time and tell me we work with the same people. And I'm like, no, like, no, we don't. Because like, there's so many, there's visionary founders, there's venture founders, there's heart people, there's mind people. Like we connect based on, there's relationship people, there's goal oriented people. And it's like, even in all those factors show up and kind of like your sweet spot clients, even if you're a marketing agency, right? Like even your marketing agency and your B2B, you serve B2B clients. Like that doesn't mean you have the same exact clientele, right? And really understanding. We're in the same niche in the same city. In the same niche in the same city. It doesn't mean you do the same work with the same 
clients. So I think that's really interesting. I think it's also interesting what you say about no like and trust. And I know that's been taught for a long time. And I think there's some real truth in like humans wanting to connect around that. But, you know, I think more fundamental than that is like either you can help the person or not. And either they want help or not. I often think about like, you know, my if my leg is broken and I go to the emergency room, like I don't I don't care if I know like and trust the doctor. I just want to know if he can do a good job fixing my leg or not. Right. So I think it depends on the severity and the urgency for what you're trying to fix. And I think it is fun to like the people you work with. And I think that develops over time. But if you're too much like someone else, then you can't actually help them. Right. And so you want to have a little bit of an edge, a little bit of different and not a little be a little different from the people you're you're serving and show really show up um as a service provider and not so much like as a as a friend. So I, I hear what you're saying, but you also have to be aware of where you're like the intention yeah. of no like and trust. And no like and trust is often I see that often show up like with a what I call like a get energy. Like I need to get you to know me. I need to get you to like me. I need to get you to trust me instead yeah. of being like, that's going to develop over time because I can really help you. And let me lead with the fact that I actually think I can help you. Right. And then if I can, that's going to know, like, and trust is going to fall out of that conversation in a very kind of natural way. It's not something you have to try to like engineer or get. Yeah. from the other people. And when you show up to get those things, I think that's when you get those salesy vibes, which actually like... Go yeah, we're on, you, again, you come back to what you were saying earlier, right? It needs to be authentic. Uh, yeah. Relationship needs to develop authentically. It's not developing authentically. And yeah. builds forced that people love to buy, they don't like to be sold to. That's it. And if we can help someone, fantastic. We can help them, right? Let's have a conversation and see if we're a good fit or not. Right? Yeah. But it has to come across like that, right? and it has to be like that. And you, yeah, I think this is where uh, founder-led sales tends to be more effective, even if it's a founder-led sales team, right? As opposed to like you know the corporate sales team, which is you know immediately been set sales budgets and blah, blah, blah. you need to close you know six million dollars in sales across thirty clients, you know this month, blah 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 blah. Yeah. So it, you know the because we've actually set the KPI around, you know numbers and targets immediately means that we've had to force someone to kind of go, I know you're not ready for this yet, but you need to buy it. Yeah. All right. You know, we work with sort of a lot of our suppliers and feed and high level and, and whatnot. And they're like, you know, who's got another sale for me this month? You know, I need to get another one over the line. You know, you've got a stake. I mean, even their, even their remuneration structure around sort of, we'll give you a bonus if you close in the first 30 to 20 days of the month. And right. It's almost artificially forcing people into this urgency of I must sell. Yeah. Means my client isn't glad to buy in mid time frame. Yeah. Well, even listen to like your language at those corporate sales teams. I need to, I need to get another one over the line. Like it's messed up. I'm like you don't there's not a need there, right? Like you make a decision to hit your sales target and it can happen really easily. You don't need to get anything from anybody, right? It's like you're there to provide something of service. And your clients aren't something 
they're not this one. Your client, they're like, they're humans. It's not like something you force over a line. You know, like, I need to get this over the line. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I need to help Tim, like, solve his problem. And if I can help him, like, the natural result of being able to help him is he's going to buy with great ease and be really happy. So, <laughs> so interesting. That, you know, I think that's what the issue with the corporate sales team is, is that, you know, the way they're remunerated, the way they're sort of targeted. Yeah almost, you know, inherently forces that behavior, mm-hmm. right? Because it's it's not coming from a place of service, it's coming from a place of selfishness. For sure. It's total get energy. Yeah. So tell me a little bit kind of like who your sweet spot client is. In- and our, our, our sweet spot, spot project. Yeah, yeah our sweet, and I still founder-led sort of organizations. Um, okay. And I don't like corporates or anything like that. When founder-led organizations, Usually sort of high six figures. We do, I mean, we do just still do a lot of coaches and consultants and stuff like that. It's usually, you know, where we're starting to develop a team, you know, we're sort of successful, we've got a good product market fit. We've got some, you know, measure of sort of runs on the board for, you know, for a couple of years. We know what we're doing. We can deliver and scale, right? Because there's no point scaling an organization that, you know, suddenly saying, hey, we're going to double the number of clients you've got the next 12 months. So they go, "Ah, don't know how I'm going to deliver that. (laughs) Yeah. And so that, like, I think that, you know, that owner has to have a, you know, has to be in a growth mindset kind of space, right? Generally speaking, they're sort of, you know, high sixes into sort of low into mid seven, you know, mid seven figures. I do have a couple of clients here in the eight figure range, but not so many in that sort of seven figure range where they've gone, you know, I've got people to do it. I've got admin staff and I just don't know what I don't know around, you know, the customer journey. And so I think, you know, looking at what you, you do, you know, we probably go a little deeper into, you know, the CRM sort of side of stuff. So we'll actually sort of set that up and build it and automate it and integrate it, you know, from an engineering perspective. But we probably don't touch the sales process. Okay. Right. In any great detail. Okay. I'll talk about the entire customer journey. I'll go, you've got gaps here, here, and here, and here. And then bring in people who go, oh, well, I know, you know, Chris is amazing sort of sales process engineer it's just bring precious to have that you know that level of detail yeah integrate but like how does that work you know when talk about you, you might design that sort of sales process stuff but then we might go well we need to kind of you know build the the technology or the yeah you know, implement the crm that matches or maps through that sales process yeah okay cool are, are you working with any specific like industries or type of no it's more, it's more a level of maturity okay right so you know definitely it's that point where we're going i know we need some systems to scale okay right? you know again it's that sort of level of maturity that we tend to find at, at sort of low seven figures yeah. you know definitely definitely entrepreneurs with a growth mindset definitely people who go i know i need help and i know i don't know what i don't know yeah i'm not really interested in working with with owners who like I am the genius and you're all idiots. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know better. All right. Now, um, so we want people to open to taking advice, you know? Yeah. How big is your team, Tim? And how many clients do you have? So my team at the moment is three. Okay. Uh, I'm active. Obviously, see, I let three staff go sort of late last year and early this year. Okay. Um, they just weren't the rock, quite the right fit for what I needed going forward. And so I'll, I'll be looking to hire probably two more 
maybe three more in the next the next six months. Okay. Um, so I've got an engineering gap at the moment, you know, um, yeah. around that automation. So I'm, I found myself sort of falling back into that role and I'll now hire a closer in the next six months as well. Um, okay. Off to, off to France for the Rugby World Cup in September for three weeks. Yeah. I don't want the organization to come to a screeching bolt while I'm out. So <laughs> for sure. Are you, so you're the only person making sales at your business now? I've got a guy who comes in sort of part-time for, you know, as, as a closer. So I'll, I'll sort okay. of throw some stuff at him to do it if I'm, if I'm out, but I tend to be doing most of the, the sales closing at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's real tough for consulting businesses to transition out of founder led sales. And I, I really think the founder is the right person to do that work. And with a little bit of support, like it can be really easy for, for founders. So, yeah. Yeah. What about for you? Where's, where's, is that similar sweet spot for you? A sweet spot for me. So I typically work with consulting firms, either solo consultants or boutique consulting firms or marketing agencies that are like between 10 and 20 people. Those tend to be the bulk of my client. Sort of shift in, you know, who they are. Yeah. And I tend to like a sweet spot client is someone is a founder seller who's, who wants to grow and decided to hire salespeople to do that, but has fired their salespeople and now they're back to being a founder seller. That's like a real good, <laughs> that's a real nice one. Cause they're like, I want to grow. And I tried that and I tried that 3.25 times on average is actually the statistics. And they're all back to being founder sellers. <laughs> and like all jokes aside, like they, they've experienced the pain of kind of like salespeople underperforming. And I think they're just ready for some help. And it's also someone who, who's willing to like really understands that it's that combination of coaching, sales operations, process systems, and then some really high level daily selling support. It's, it's not about like just hiring a, a VA from the Philippines and thinking like that person is going to like be your sales admin and that's going to work out real well because it creates way more frustration than benefit in a lot of, in a lot of cases. Well, no, I get that. I, like one of my clients right now is, is in that position, right? You know, we did, yeah. they originally sort of got me interested marketing support and that role very quickly transformed into, you know, almost a management consulting kind of role, you know, yeah. working with being as founder to mature means thinking and, and stuff as well. Right. And they're still kind of from a marketing focus and we have a bit of, you know, things in the team, you know, but they, they're looking to, you know, I, I did a couple of a little bit of sales stuff for them outreach last year, because again, the founder who is the tech genius and, and probably the best position to do the sales work is not a sales guy. He's a natural engineer. Yeah, for sure. And he's gone, I just need a sales guy. Right. And they, you know, they've looked at hiring again, they've looked at hiring salespeople, can't find the right one. They now going to get this other guy who I've advised them not to get because he's basically the same profile as the founder. <laughs> Yeah, right. If the founder's life is involved, the business goes, no, this guy's the best person we've had yet. We can afford him. He's cheap. Oh, gosh. You know, and again, it comes back to that sort of adage about, you know, the worst advice I'd ever get from anybody is, you know, how to be rich from a poor person. Yeah, exactly. 
It's so true. Don't hire the same profile. Okay, You need a different profile to do the sales thing. And if you hire a cheap salesperson, you'll get cheap results. It just won't work. I think mm-hmm. that's, I mean, like, you can hire, like, if your product market fit, if your sales system is super dialed in and you're like, you know, this is why I like corporate. I mean, depends on the business, but like, you can have, you can have average sales people, like, in a in a large, well-functioning sales org and they'll move the needle. You'll still have kind of like your rock stars and your low performers, but like, overall, on average, like, that's performant. But like for a professional services business where so much of the value is in a, in is holding a conversation, you can't bring in kind of like just your average generic sales. I mean, even high performing salespeople who are know how to do consulting based sales will fail at early stage companies because the companies don't have either their offer, their product market fit. They literally have no systems at all, and it's really difficult for a salesperson to be successful and that it's also super difficult because like if the company can't grow enough revenue to compensate the salesperson effectively so like if a salesperson wants on target earnings of say $150,000 US right and you're paying them 10% commission that company needs to be willing to grow 1.5 million dollars right they need to have enough growth available so that a good salesperson can come in and make the money they're going to want to make. And if you don't want to grow by a certain amount, then like the salesperson is going to be unhappy if they work out at all. Fundamentally wrong numbers, right? Yeah. I think one of the other things I see, it's interesting that space, right? People think they need a salesperson, right? Right. Well, they actually want it's a BDM, right? They actually want someone to go out and prospect, not just sit there and close, right? So they want this combination of SDR and closer, you know, yeah. one person, right? And they don't necessarily come from that sort of level of maturity of thinking about what I actually need. What I actually want is someone to go out and develop opportunities for the business. Yeah. Right? Because I don't, you know, I'm not comfortable with rejection. You know? yep. I don't like being rejected, so I'm going to let someone else be rejected instead. <laughs> so yeah. off you go. Right? And that's, an, you know, that mindset, I think, is immediately setting people up for failure straight away. For sure. Yeah. And if you don't work through your, your sales shit, like as a founder, like whatever that is, if there's any fear of rejection or any fear around any part or discomfort around any part of your sales process from like cold calling to actually asking for the sale, talking with strangers about money to relationship nurturing and asking for referrals, that stuff's going to show up in how you build your business. And it doesn't matter who you hire, like you're building a culture around fear of sales at some level, right? So it's way better to like work that stuff out as a founder, build, get your systems dialed in, get yourself dialed in, and then bring in a sales team, right? You'll just have, you'll build a much better, much stronger. Yeah. Faster. It's got to work, work before you bring your BDM. It's got, but it's unfair to ask your BDM to suddenly develop it's yourself. It's totally asked the work, so. Man, what's the- um, Man, Totally. Yeah, you know, absolutely. What's the best way I can help you right now? I'm, I'm curious. What can I do for you? How can I kind of? Well, I think if there's, so I always ask for three things. So yeah. I think there's an opportunity for me to bench, what I call bench for you or subcontract for you. So if like there's projects you just need extra horsepower on or like what you like to do a good implementation where you need someone to like 
really define the process or coach your clients or help in in ways like maybe you do the technical piece there may be there may be some opportunity there i don't know what's happening with your sales effort but like i'm going to work with other sales consultants founders and help them make more sales too so like that you're like my my sweet spot client so if you want help i know you want to hire a closer yeah you know we can talk about why that may or may not work but like as a as a sales consulting firm and doing founder sellers i being a founder seller i think i could really help you out and since you're in the business it's good to have like a peer like me come yeah. in and we can you know do something there together and then always just referrals you know like consulting business is based on referrals it's like based on conversations like this and going hey tim like who do you know that could benefit from what i do and would you be willing to make an introduction so that's how especially the clients in the u.s or international client base i have only worked in with clients in the u.s so far i'm open to big enough it's a big enough market it's there's plenty there's plenty of market (laughs) (laughs) my cell phone has a big enough market in it right like like, (laughs) yeah i'd work with international clients yeah well like i think you for me as well i'll be like you know, obviously the referrals, obviously sort of some bench capability in terms of coming in yeah. and doing some of the more technical CRM implementations. But I don't know whether you do that sort of level of depth, but you know, that's how, that's how genius science is actually going. Let's yeah. actually figure and show you how to use this damn thing that you've got. Yep. And I say to people like, it's not just like buying a car, right? Yeah. If, where the petrol goes in, you've got to put it all together in the way that works for you. Yeah. You know, Perfect. do you want to pick up or a sports car or whatever? Do you want something that yeah. can adapt for you? And let me show you how to drive it properly. <laughs> yep, for sure. Right. You know, as to in that, or if you want me to be the chauffeur, we can drive it. We can sit you in the back and you can That's drive right. it around. Yeah. So same sort of things as well. Right. But yeah, you know, and I appreciate the offer. I think there's you know, at some point and not to this in the future, I'm going to need someone like you in my business as well to kind of, you know, work with us and sort of maturing our sales process. Even just, is it even just a second set of eyes, right? Because I don't know what I don't know. It's so true. I think, you know, and like I, it's the reason why I have really high level support and work with a coach in my business, because like my business is so important to me. Like I'm willing to talk to your people from the outside to help me see and do what I don't know how to see and do. Right. Yeah. And so it's like. Absolutely. Man, it's been an awesome conversation. Really appreciated your time and connection. Yeah. It's, Really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, it was yeah. fun to with us. All right, Chris. Mike, great to chat. Hey, I go by Christopher, by the way. Oh, Christopher, sorry. Christopher? Yeah. No, Leslie. Yeah, oh, for sure. We have a standard to play as short and everything. Have a great day today, future boy. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on today's episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Join us next time for another insightful discussion filled with actionable advice and inspiring stories, all geared towards helping you grow and scale your business simply and easily. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you never miss an episode. See you next time.